The Empire Boxing Podcast, an Empire Boxing and Unlearning Network production. All right, what's up? Welcome back to the Empire Boxing Podcast. This is episode two, and we have another one of our favorite local British Columbian talents. We have the bad boy next door, Brett Gibbons. Welcome to the podcast. What's going on, guys? How's Thanks it going? Good. It's good. I'm happy to be here. It's a nice spot. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a good Tuesday. Um, let's jump right in. How are you cool. feeling? Loose? Yeah. Uh, what the viewers can't see right now is Rhett just cracked a social vodka soda. So he's getting a little loose for this podcast. I think he's a little bit nervous. <laughs> and the sipping sounds. All right. So Rhett, let it, like, let, we want to get to know you today. Tell us a little bit about the kind of the beginning of boxing for you. What introduced you to boxing um, and what kind of set the stage for that in your life? So training, like I started kickboxing when I was like four. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad got me into it with my brother's. We just grew up, like, sparring all the time, in and out of it. Um, I did, like, some MMA when I was 14. And then uh, I didn't train for, like, four years. And then uh, I met a guy named Mike Pesek, and he knows Manny Sobrell. And I came to school with, like, a black eye. And he was like, you know, if you think you're a tough guy, like, you should go to the gym and prove it, you know? And I was like, all right, bring me to the gym and I'll prove it. And then he brought me there and then... Manny liked me scrapping with his guys and stuff, and I was like, all right, cool, like, I want to join this, you know? And basically from that on, I was, like, boxing my ass off. Wicked. Um, And then the kickboxing, um, did you find that you missed it? Was the transition easy? It's it's interesting. We've had, uh, I know, a couple boxers, ex-kickboxers. So what was that like for you? Do you miss it at all? Or did you just find, like, boxing was, you're like, this is it, I found it? Kickboxing's fun because it's, like, a, it's, like, more of like a scrap you know like right. i like mma and kickboxing because it's like a full-on scrap but uh boxing i like boxing because it's like you have to get really good at specific things to get good at it mm. you can't just be tough and then be really good at boxing you know and that's uh like the art of it and like the subtleties and like it just felt more rewarding getting good at boxing than mm. it did for me in mma or kickboxing interesting so just Curious about the MMA uh, experience. Did you have a ground game? Did you ever grapple, do some jujitsu, anything like that? Yeah, I did jujitsu for years. Oh, Uh, wow. Okay. I did jujitsu for probably like six years. Like, but I just, I like to box, you know? Yeah. Okay. I've thought about having MMA fights too, though. Like, I could, I think I could train for like a couple months and go and have like an MMA fight and be pretty, like, you know, handle my own pretty well. Yeah. But, uh, I just don't want to jump back and forth and just kind of be like a little here, a little there. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially with something like getting into professional boxing and wanting to make a splash and create your career going forward. It's like it kind of is going to just take all you have. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to put 110 percent into it. Um, Very cool. So what tell us about what gym are you currently training at? I train in New West at uh, in-name boxing. It's my buddy's gym. He's a. He's a young guy, like, he basically created it through COVID in his garage, Wicked. right? But it's so nice. Like, when he was like, oh, I got this gym in my garage, I was like, uh-huh. all right, bro, like, I'll come check it uh-huh. out. And then, like, uh-huh. when, we, when I went, it was, like, really legit. And, like, you know, he he's not, like, the most experienced guy. Like, I've trained with, like, Manny, Tony Pep, Jerry, Virasami, but Mo is, like, really dedicated to boxing, mm. and he's dedicated to, like, getting better, trying new things. He has a lot of passion for the sport. So I like to work with him because there's no drama. There's no gym drama too, mm. right? You know when you go to gyms and it's like 
this guy doesn't like that guy, so you can't go there. And this old guy oh, hates I know. that old guy. You know, I know. I feel like you know a lot of the a lot of the boxing. Um, like I don't know if it's local, but it does seem like there's quite a seed of turmoil that kind of exists in the community. Um, and I'm with you. It's like if you can dodge those bullets, dodge them. Yeah. Um. So it, interesting. Like working with a young coach, do you find. Uh, because I, I think, like, you know, there's a lot of old coaches who have, you know, their legacies in, in the sport that kind of do the same things and have the same style. So do you mm -hmm. find working with a new, a younger coach is, like, he's he's studying more, he's innovating more, he's presenting new things to you? What's kind of the difference? Because you work with these 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 old dogs, these, like, mm -hmm. these legends, and then mm -hmm. you've worked with a new guy, but you're preferring that. Is, that. is that why he's more innovative and has a fresher look at it? I think that's definitely an aspect because you know like older guys they don't go on youtube for stuff really too right exactly. so like whatever they were taught that's what they know yeah they don't like learn stuff from like like we could learn five new things right now from all over the world right mm -hmm. and practice <coughs> practice and train them but uh i take like a lot of the stuff that i've learned from like manny and tony and jerry mm -hmm. and i take the stuff that mo shows me and we like mix it together mm -hmm. so like drills like what I do, like a lot of my training is just like drilling over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's not like super fancy. Like we do like the mitt work and this and that. But like today I was at the gym and it was like I basically only threw hooks and jabs, left right. hooks and jabs at yeah. the gym for two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, I, th I think like, you know, what, what people don't understand once you get into, you know, the competitive side of boxing is that it's it's pattern formation. Mm hmm pattern creation, processing rate, and then be able to have like that built into your system mm -hmm. on a, on a systemic level yeah. to execute that given the presented with a situation, mm -hmm. right. Or to set something up. It's, it's not about like 38 combination, you know, pad work yeah. where the coach is yeah. doing more than the actual boxer. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the cool thing to me about the competitive side of, of or training competitive boxes is like, well, what can I give you that's useful? Mm -hmm. What can I give you that you can use? And that comes with repetition you know like you're saying yeah and it's not it's like it's different when you're when you're doing it and like you're really trying to get good at stuff like you're not doing that for fun you know like yeah. it's like I, I'm not here to be entertained I'm here to get better right oh, so yeah. it's like I'm just throwing the hook that I want to be really good at throwing mm. for like two hours mm -hmm. right it's like yeah. simple stuff over and over and over again yeah and that that bridge bridges the you know the gap between you know entertainment and just sort of like the fitness boxing community which has its own mm -hmm. look right but yeah. once you once you cross that bridge into competitive it is it's about different. yeah it's, it's about absolute precision mm -hmm. practice so i mean while we're here we might as well talk about the canelo fight because i'm sure you watched it well you know may may have well like i i watched it i just it just seemed like obviously you know uh, Bivol, is that how you pronounce his name? Bivol, yeah, Bivol, Dimitri yeah. Bivol. The guy just, he, he just kind of like figured out Canelo's game plan. Yeah. And Canelo's been doing that same thing over and over again, yeah. right? Trying to walk guys down, high guard, throwing hard shots and not like putting huge combos together. Mm. And the guy was just countering his one hard shot with multiple combos yeah. over and over again. Yeah, I think like Canelo made three three mistakes. I think first mistake, um, he didn't adjust. Mm -hmm. at he all. didn't make an adjustment at yeah. all. Uh, two, um, he yeah he underestimated Bivol, probably training exactly for his style. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to make an adjustment if you see that someone's done that. And the third is he went vegan. Oh, did he really? He went vegan. Did he really? He did. Why what? would you? Thank why you. would you change shit up like that? Thank like, you. I mean, first off, 
if anyone's a vegan out there and I'm, you're offended right now, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm not really, but they're 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 gonna be. It's Vancouver. It's, yeah, we just lost, I mean, like, however many followers right now. I mean, like, get your carne, bud. Yeah. Like, you've been doing this your entire <laughs> professional career, and then yeah. you go up and sh- you go up and wait. Yeah. First off, you go up and wait. Say that back to yourself. You go vegan. Mm-hmm. So what is he eating? Riso. I don't know. Tons of rice. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I think that was a mistake. I mean, he, it's clear the man needs some carne asada in his life after that. One hundred percent, and he needs some. He needs to use his footwork. You know. I mean, Jeez, he had man. he he was punching singles like it was like a single shot, and he had this weird left or this this rear uh, rear hook he was trying to do that just kept hitting Bival's shoulder, mm-hmm. like not really a significant punch at all that he did over and over and over. And I was like, what is Eddie Reynoso saying to him right now? What is his corner saying to he him? He just kept kind of, he got countered off that a bunch of times. Yeah. Every time. I know. The guy would just block it, boom, 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 throw like four shots I right know. after. And then gets frustrated and almost suplexes him. Ja- like Jenna, the, the do, you have a, round. do you have one of the trainer's impressions for us? The trainer's impressions? Eddie, <laughs> I've already offended all the vegans. I'm not about to <laughs> offend my Latino brothers and sisters out there now. Dan just gave me the evil eye. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> all right, Rhett, let's, let's bring it back to you. Do you come from uh, a family of athletes, scholars, musicians? Where do you come from? Uh, uh, my brothers are, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Is that just because they're trying to keep up with you scrapping? No, I was trying to keep up with them. All right, so yeah. are you... Because I'm the youngest. Yeah. Okay. So that's what made me the toughest. I think brothers forge yeah. tough. 100%. Tough tough kids. That's what yeah. I missed. I'm just a wimp. My uh, my oldest brother was like a Tiger Bomb Muay Thai champion. Wow. And then my middle brother was a Kyokushin Karate champion. Wow. So we all fight. And the fights... I thought you were going to say Tiger Bomb model. <laughs> I have, oh man, I think everyone in this room has a good story about Tiger Bomb, no? Yeah, quick eye contact if you do. All right. Um, so, okay, so like a family of, of combat champions and in and is anyone else into boxing or just you? Uh, yeah, they're, they're into it, but they just didn't really like get into it like right. I did. Yeah. My dad is a huge boxing fan and his dad was a boxer in the army. And wow. So. Very cool. Yeah, that's kind of, I just, I like boxing, you know, like yeah. it was... It was, like, just... I remember my oldest brother showed me, like, Floyd Mayweather when I was young. Yeah. And he showed me, like, him doing that shoulder roll. I was like, how is he doing that? Like, what is going on? Yeah. And he was fighting Philip in Do or in Do. And uh, then Floyd, like, knocked him out. And I just was, like, obsessed with, like, throwing the gloves on and try to shoulder roll. I got punched out so many times trying to do it, Mm. you know? Yeah, uh, that's a hard style to to learn. But once you have it, it's so elusive. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And anything else you were into as a kid that sort of um, either did or didn't, you know, improve your boxing or influence it? Um, I don't know. Like, I played a lot of sports. I, I like, obviously, you know, like the typical young kid. Like, I used to get in a lot of fights growing mm. up, mm-hmm. a ton of fights. So, but since I started boxing, I, like, I never really got into that many street fights, which okay. is weird. Because I think the sparring and stuff, like, gets it out of you, yeah. you know? channels it a little bit yeah interesting cool um and then was there a particular person that that kind of like you know you felt that visceral click with boxing was there a particular person that also kind of you know gave way to that and in, inspired you or influenced you to, to continue on to be like a you know professional boxer that you are now uh probably my dad okay yeah he's just in my he was always in my ear about it like you know yeah, like he was he was going through a hard time in his life at one point and I was like visiting him in a, a center that he was in mm-hmm. and um 
he was like, you know, like, I think you should, you should really like take the, the fighting seriously. You know, like I see you training and doing this, like you could really go somewhere with it, you know, and like make something out of your life with fighting instead of like screwing around on the streets all the time or doing this or that with your friends. And mm -hmm. so like, I kind of like, I would, I used to bring him to the gym with me all the time. Cause it was like the only way me and him would connect. Cause mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really know him that well outside of that. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I didn't know him that well outside of that. So uh, it was like, that's kind of how I built my relationship with him was like going to the gym with him. And, you know, he'd get in arguments with like Manny and stuff like that and like whatever. Yeah. So I had to stop bringing him. But. When your dad said that to you, was that one of the first times that you ever thought, man, maybe he's right. Maybe I could do something with this. Or had you always had that seed in your mind? I always wanted to be like a champion fighter. I've always thought that was like the coolest thing in the world, you know, like the money, the cars, like having the title of being a champion. Like, I don't even give a shit about wanting to be rich. Mm. It's like, but when, when you see all the stuff that comes with being like a champion boxer, yeah, it's different, you know? It's not, it's not even like the MMA guys. Like those MMA guys don't have the same aura as like a Floyd Mayweather, a Canelo. Yeah. Like and what do you Muhammad think that's Ali. due to? Do you think that's kind of the, the history and the culture wrapped up in, in boxing from those Muhammad Ali era, you know, the Sugar Ray Leonard era? Like, do you think that? Yeah, like it's definitely the history, but it's also like, I think, you know, I think that Dana White has like a really close grip on a lot of those guys. So mm. they don't have the space to grow as individuals that well. Interesting. So they don't have like that same aura, you know? There's one guy who had it and we could all name him right now. Yeah, for sure. I think um I think maybe Patty, Patty the Batty might be the next maybe. guy that's gonna come up with some interesting personality. Spice yeah. up spice up everything. Yeah, he does, but he's never I don't know if he'll reach that like super stardom level. Yeah. Like like a lot of boxers do and only one MMA fighter really ever did. McGregor, right? Yeah. I mean, w yeah, true. And then and then you have like the, you know, the, the Nate Diaz story that kind of run parallel to that, but I mm -hmm. think yeah, I think Conor McGregor kind of became. I think I think an, an, a non-UFC fan, non-UFC watching person could still name and know who Conor yeah, McGregor would exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um hardest lesson that you've had in life as an athlete. Did you have any like real hard knocks that made you question everything? Um, yeah, like you gotta, like, uh, it's sacrifice, honestly. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest thing for me because getting in, like when I started taking boxing serious, I was 18, right? So to a lot of people, that's, that's older to start taking boxing serious. And I've already have built up like groups of friends and bad habits and like non-athletic lifestyle stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So getting out of that was like tough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like, it takes a lot of, uh, discipline and self-control and stuff like that to like be successful in, in sports. Right? What was the hardest part about getting out of that? Was it the discipline to say no to certain people in your life or was it the shift into a training mindset versus like a, like a party mindset or whatever it was? No, the training mindset was like, has always been a part of me. Like mm -hmm. I always get like really into stuff that I, I like and like I go overboard with it. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, I burn the end, at, I burn the candle at both ends, right? right? Like I do, I like work hard and then I party hard, right? So right. that was like a problem for Which me. Which is for like while. kind of fits the profile of a, of a champion athlete. I mean, maybe, I maybe not just in boxing. I don't know. The NBA is like, I mean, that is the NBA. Am I wrong? Best maybe. guys go home. Tonight. <laughs> What's that? Did the best guys go home at night. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Stepped on the road. 
I think you short. Right. I think yeah. I think you shorten your career. You know, yeah. ultimately, when you when you're burning the candle at both ends, be it partying, be it even training too hard, mm-hmm. um, not providing yourself recovery, like injury, you know, ensues that kind of thing. Have you ever had any any injuries or anything that took you out that just challenged you? Oh yeah, like I've I, like because I just would go way too hard, like you just said. Like I didn't understand like the like. training every day you can't train every day Mm -hmm. as hard as you can and I used to do that and I'd Mm -hmm. get burnt out and I'd just like be getting my ass whooped at the gym by guys that I'm like training way harder than yeah it comes down to like like, your maximum recoverable volume what is the maximum volume that mm -hmm. your body can handle to recover and perform and like how you're feeling that day you know like Mm -hmm. if you're like if you're like exhausted that day and you're like, I'm just going to go as hard as I can today, like tomorrow you're going to be even worse and then worse yeah. and then worse. Absolutely. Right? There's a lag effect with that. And then, I mean, also if you're, if you're mentally, you know, burned out, the processing rate required in boxing is so high. You're mm-hmm. going to get caught with something that you wouldn't normally get caught with. Yeah. You know, I was there. I had that exact moment this week. Interesting. Um, if you weren't boxing, imagine, I know it runs, you're like, I can't imagine, but imagine for a second, if you weren't boxing, what would you be doing? MMA. <laughs> okay, so what belt are you in jujitsu? Um, I just did like no gi jujitsu. No I don't have any belts or okay, anything cool, like that. Cool. Yeah. Favorite choke or submission? Uh, the best submission is a rear naked choke because right. it's like Classic. you can't. Once that's in, you can't get it out. Once you're on someone like a backpack. Yeah, but it's but like one of the best ones you can catch people with when um they don't really know grappling is like mm-hmm. a triangle choke, you know, mm-hmm. cause like they get you on the ground and you're setting it up like immediately. And yeah. As soon as you off balance them, you get in the arm. Yeah. Love it. We yeah. digress. Hey, the guys wanted to know a little bit about your stance, left hand orthodox. You um, naturally fall into that. No, uh, uh, I'm, I'm like ambidextrous with a lot of things. Like I used to skateboard and snowboard and I would, uh, I would skateboard and snowboard like goofy, you know, mm. so right foot forward. So I have better balance actually in boxing southpaw, but my right hand is my dominant hand, so I switch back and forth a lot. Yeah. We um, well, I, maybe I'm I'm speaking personally. I think, you know, Rhett was on our our last card uh, that we did that pay per view event, um, the resurgence, and uh, I have so many questions for you about this, but mm-hmm. I have to say I had not really experienced you as a fighter. I had not really seen you perform and I mm. was blown away. Um, you're a technician. You know, you're you. very technical. Um, it was a it was a flawless performance. Um, what was that like fighting a homie though also? <laughs> uh, he's not my homie. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so. so contrary to popular I thought you guys were mates at the time. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Okay. Yeah, um no. and then he was talking some shit, so I was like, you know what, man? Like we have mutual friends, but like right, I'm really okay. gonna try to hurt you now, you know? Like Okay. Spicy. Yeah. Okay, so okay, interesting. So mutual friends no but you bad guys weren't connected. Now, but you know. All right, cool. No, I, I just don't respect that talking shit like a little bit because like it's like, bro, we're part of the same circle, you know? Like let's go fight and put on a good fight instead of like I don't know. So do you yeah. find um does does that does that shit talk does it it no. gets to you a little bit no, or are you no. just like just not show him. you in the ring? No, that that was just from him it pissed me off cuz I was like, you know, like I we we've seen each other around and like it's been chill and mm-hmm. you know, like I don't know, like I think he said some stuff that it just I was like, oh, "Okay. All right. Well, you know, like we've never boxed before, so you don't know what I'm like as a fighter, right?" And I knew his game plan. Like I, I obviously, when you look at someone's body, you can kind of tell what they're going to try to do. Anatomically, to my body. certain yeah. things work. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I knew he's going to come in with body shots and overhand rights, and he's going to probably be ducking behind his jab. So uh, my my game plan was to do basically exactly what I did. Like I was going to stop him from putting me on the ropes on the uh, on around the border, catch him, and I was going to try to punch with him because mm. I know he punches like this. Mm. So when he he I had his head right here. And I hit him with a hook, a right hook, and I noticed it like wobbled him a little bit. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I got him. And he opened up. So as soon as he opened up, I opened up with him and I was just going to throw like 10 shots. But I threw two and he went down and I was like, got him. I yeah. knew I was going to get him with that. Yeah. And I think, jog my memory, there were two knockdowns, three knockdowns? Two knockdowns. Two yeah. knockdowns. Yeah, that was that was, that was a hell of a fight. I but was, he's super tough. I mean, Ari, yeah, Ari, Ari Ashari, for those who didn't see the fight, you can definitely go to our website and pull up that. That whole event was just, man, like, mm -hmm. I was on, I was on the, the ringside getting social, and I was just, I could barely, I could barely catch the moments. There were so many of them. Yeah, it was uh, such a good show. Oh, like, it was unreal. Yeah. So if you if you haven't watched Rhett's fight, please go back uh, and check that out through our website. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, amazing work. You were a technician. It was it was like sometimes you watch certain people. And I'm like, this is what boxing is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. This is what <laughs> this is what it's supposed to look like. Um, so it was a pleasure Thank to you. watch you fight. Um, how are you preparing for the next one? Um, I don't really know much about my opponent yet, really. But um, don't look at Dan. <laughs> He's he not going to tell you. <laughs> well, uh, do you guys know anything about it? Hey, or? listen, you just answer the questions. I just ask them. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to knock him out. You know, right. that's basically what I'm going to do. Like, right. when I see him, like, it's like the amateur days too, right? Like, you see the guy the day before the fight sometimes or the day of the fight. Mm. So it's like, you kind of know what's what's coming. Just downloading a little bit of information. Yeah. Yeah. So t talk to me about, okay, so let's let's make it more specific. Um, so you're going to knock him out. Cool. I can't wait. I'll be right there. I'll be going for I'll it. I'll be right there. Yeah. Um, what, what is your SNC like? What is your training up until, you know, let's say, you know, six weeks out, four weeks out? What does that look mm -hmm. like for you? Um, so, like, further away from the fight, I'm doing a lot of more, like, long-distance endurance type of stuff. Mm. And uh, as it gets closer, it's more, like, sprints with, like, even my workouts, like, punching sprints, running sprints, push-up sprints, like, everything I can do to be explosive. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, you know, that would have been a good question for Mo, too, because <laughs> he sets it all up, right? Yeah, maybe like, we'll have to get him in here and ask him. Yeah. I'm always curious what, you know, people's S&C, you know, programs are. I, I've had my own you know, experiences with uh, different coaches, you know, mm -hmm. my own work. And then um, anecdote, my one of my friends was actually uh, Dimitri Bival's SNC coach. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, the tatted up guy with the beard who was in his corner. So, and I've watched, you know, Taylor work and, um, and I was, you know, when it's done right, like Bival looked fresh by the 12th round. When yeah, it's I don't get that. I don't know how people are doing that. Right. Like someone introduced me to someone who's doing that because I want to know. Well, it's, it's all phases, right? So it's like the phase of, you know, like way, way before the fight, you're working on building your strength, mm -hmm. you know, and then, yeah, you're working on building your, your aerobic base and then your speed strength. Kind of basically what you're saying. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, when it's done right, like you can see when an athlete truly is at their peak and the conditioning yeah. is perfect. It's I'm crazy. always like, you know, props to the S&C coach mm -hmm. who pulled that off, right? Yeah. It's um, just for those out there, S&C is strength. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, translate for yeah. any of our non-boxing fans. Yeah, strength and conditioning. Yeah. Sorry, you're right, you're right. Um, so, okay, cool. So right now you're working on building that aerobic base and then speed yeah. strength done before the fight's perfect. Yeah, and I just drilling, like, over and over again, like I said, because it's, like, 
they're like obviously like if you get hit with a good shot your body will just take over for you for a minute mm-hmm. and like you need to know your footwork like your your body can just like fight for you until mm-hmm. you can start thinking again right yeah so, absolutely yeah and sparring i like if i could i'd spar every day Really? You know, I would spar every day. And this is this is the root of the problem here because we know that that's not possible, right? Yeah. So that's good. I'm glad you have people to rein you in because I think that, well, I don't know. There's there's different schools of thought on it. Like you've got a guy like Lomachenko who rarely spars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's not good, right? I think For longevity, it's not good to spar yeah. every day. And like you get into sparring wars and like, you know. Yeah. It's like, and anything can happen. And next thing you know, the your next, your next actual opportunity that is part of your career is in jeopardy because you did something stupid or something stupid happened in the gym. I think like in general rule of thumb, like always training at about 70% so -hmm. that you have those, those peak moments that you can access is. Yeah. Yeah. And once in a while, like a hundred, but yeah, like always like around 70% is the best thing. So you can train every day. Amazing. Um, so it seems like you have a really great relationship with your current coach. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good buddy of mine. Yeah. Perfect. And Mm -hmm. are you planning on like continuing to, um, evolve that relationship through your your professional career. Do you have other coaches that you work with? Other Mo, if you're listening to this, this is the last fight with us, buddy. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> this yeah, whole purpose of this my, podcast yeah, is for yeah, your yeah. like <laughs> your breakup podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, he'll be like he has no ego with learning, right? Mm. And like he understands that me and him are both like pretty young in the game. I've been around it a little longer than him actually. Um, so when me and him when like. If we if we had let's say Tony come into our camp to help us out with our next fight, or like I had Cajun Johnson in our camp helping us out with our last fight, he has no problem being like, yeah, like show us what you got, like mm. give us the knowledge, and like he's a team player, right? Yeah. So as long as I'm boxing, Mo's gonna be in my corner. Wicked, yeah, I love. It. I think there's there's so much room for you know um, different styles, different influences, different mm-hmm. collaborations, different knowledge. Like, have you, have you thought about going down to the states ever and training? Have you? Yeah, I'm done gonna a go down. To, I'm gonna go down to Vegas in June. Oh, cool! And where yeah. are you gonna train in Vegas? Well, we were we were talking a little bit with like James Tony's son. Okay. So maybe we can go link up with James Tony for a little bit. And yeah. What month are you on? June. Oh, June. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking. I thought you said July, and I was like, "Well, it's gonna be hot." I remember walking into a boxing club in August in Vegas, and nearly you lost June's ten pounds hot, just walking right? in the front door. June yeah, will be hot. yeah, yeah, awesome, very cool. Um, so, what does it mean to you to kind of lead the next generation of you know BC professional boxers? And like, you have a statement you want to make, mm-hmm. a stand you want to take. Yeah, I think it's important. It's really important to me actually because I feel like there hasn't been anyone who made any noise in this city for a long time like the last people were like manny and tony and dale and the door is wide open yeah yeah you know and like we have a lot of good fighters out here so i don't know like i think more guys should turn pro and and be fighting like robert cousins i think he should turn pro and fight you know but there seems to be a big attraction to the amateur path you know i don't get it specifically in bc yeah i don't get it i hate it yeah (laughs) i hate it and is there so so through your through your career and you know the being sort of that example that it's possible and that people should go for it you know what mm-hmm. what message do you have to to young athletes that are looking at you going what, trying to decide am I going to go amateur am I going to go pro get your get your amateur fights in and then turn pro like 20 21 you know even younger if if you've been fighting for a while like you should turn pro soon and get set up with empire boxing hey <laughs> 
Wow. And they organic like that. And, you know, you guys can help people with their careers and get the get it going over here, you know? Like, yeah. we need it. So I think Canada in general needs it. Yeah, no one, res- just... no one like has respect for us right now. Even like Toronto, I think doesn't have a lot of respect for BC boxers. So we got to knock some of those boys out. Nice. So you're gonna lead the charge then. Exciting. I love this. Um, okay, so fantasy matchup. You're the matchmaker. You are Eddie Hearn. What's your fantasy matchup? Weight class doesn't matter. Go. I, I would want to see. Uh, I would want to see um, Floyd Mayweather fight uh, Roberto Duran. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because Duran always talks about how he could figure him out, which I don't think he could, but I'd like to see that fight. Tell me you've seen the Daco Four Kings. The what? The documentary documentary Four Kings. Oh, no, I haven't. Okay, so it's it's sort of like the the story, let's say, of um, Marvin Hagler, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, and Roberto Duran, Duran, and sort of how they weave in through history and their Mm -hmm. different fights together. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure how, like where, I think you could probably download it, Mm -hmm. but if, yeah, must watch. Must yeah. watch. It's because some of the interviews with Roberto Duran are hilarious. Yeah, like, the guy was such a character. character. Yeah. More people like that, please. Yeah. Um, okay, fantasy matchup. You get to fight a current boxer. Who's it going to be? I'd like to fight Jake Paul. <laughs> Preach. Preach. I think everyone That's would a boxer, like. Right? I think everyone would like you to euthanize him. Um, yeah. Okay, no. Like, like, let's let's pretend a real boxer. A real boxer. Uh, Just from my own soul here. Like, I don't know. Like, I would like to fight, like, a big name, like, a top champion, like, anywhere between. I would like to fight one of the Charlo brothers. Okay. Yeah, at 154, I would, I'd like to fight, like, Jamel Charlo. And what would be, what would be, uh, like, three things in your game plan to fight? I would, I would, like, I would fight him the way he fights. Because he, he comes in in the middle and he, he, like, throws crazy hooks and stuff. I think, like, when you back someone up who fights like that, they have a hard time with it. But if you if you like jab and move and jab and move, they're so used to chasing those guys down. Mm, so you get you know? them on the back foot a little bit more. Yeah, that's what I would be trying to do. You cool. Know? All right, and then fantasy matchup: you versus a boxer from the past. Um, like how far in the past? Just retired? You, I mean, the, the world is your oyster. Okay. Yeah. I'd fight. I'd like to fight James Tony just because I okay. I like him. I respect him. Like I'd like to share the ring with him. You know. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, what do you currently have on your playlist rotation right now for for training music? I listen to a lot of Latino music when I train. No boxeo, no vida. Yeah. Excellent. They, say, say they make a movie about you. Actor plays you. Honestly, like, I think Leonardo DiCaprio is the best actor. Wow, out he there, just man. goes straight for wow. the jugular, wow. hey? I think Leo. He's the best. He's the best. You know, like, <laughs> he would. He'd, he'd play you well. Yeah, wow. You know, he's just the best. Like, I just watched, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, the guy's so yeah. good. It's so good. Yeah. Wow. Killer. Um, and then, what uh, do you like to walk out to? I've only seen you walk out one time. Like, do you have the same song? You switch, switch it up? What are you going to do to no, it? No, I don't even remember the last song that I walked out to. Wow, really yeah. impactful so, song then. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was in the zone, you know? Like, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, this fight got canceled. You guys are up. I'm like, oh, shit. Put the gloves yeah. on. Let's go. Yeah. I wasn't even sweating or Put anything. Put on the Bottega Beats. Get them out there. Yeah. Everyone's like, who's this white guy coming out to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, apart from me, of course, what uh, athletes do you look up to? <laughs> I had to. You did. You I, went we, there, We hey? warmed up with it. I had to. 
Uh, you can't see me, just yeah. in case you didn't get that. All right, okay. yeah. I All figured. Right. All right. Damn, I guess I'm out. I'm out of ideas now. <laughs> My boy. Yeah. No, actually, though, what, uh, what what athletes are like your favorite that you that you look up to and inspire you? Could be any sport too. Yeah. You know, like I I love Mamba mentality. Mm. Yeah, I'm all about that Kobe mentality. You know, like Same. whenever I feel like I'm getting off track, like I just watch some of his videos about like how he puts people in their place, and you know, like he's so militant about it, and like he's like people are like, you know, this guy was like shooting at the gym at like 4 a.m. You know, and then he'd practice, and then he'd go practice again, then he'd go practice again. Mm-hmm. So it's like him, Ray Lewis. You know, the football player. He he's really inspiring. Tell us about that, Ray. He's just so intense. Like, have you guys ever heard him talk about like football? Uh, he, no. Really? Yeah, he, Love he just, sport. Yeah. He he's just like he's about to cry and he's like screaming like, you know, he's like one of those motivational video guys. Right. You know, like he's like the perfect person for that. Him, like Kobe, it. you know, and like obviously Floyd. Like that guy just talks himself into being tough. Yeah. All the time. Mm. Right. So, those three. This it sounds like. You know, as you're talking, I'm kind of learning more about you. It sounds like this idea of of toughness, not just physically, but mentally tough, seems to be something that, that you possess and that you strive to train in yourself. Um, what are your weaknesses then? What are the things that... I can't talk about that. <laughs> what are the things that you're like, you know, man, I really, like, I can be my own worst enemy sometimes or... Um, you know, I really let this type of person get to me or, you know, what, what are the things that that challenge you and challenge that mental toughness and that physical prowess that you that you're proud of about yourself? Like I said, like, you know, the discipline with, I don't know, like going out sometimes too much. And How old stuff, are you? You know, I'm 27. Fucking well, I'm 26. Your, I'll be 27. Live your life, son. But no, I yeah, hear you. Okay? But you got to be like if you want to be beating guys that are just like the best, like I can't be like, ah, oh, you know, like just out all the time or, you know. So the show's coming up July 16th. Are you excited to be back in the ring? Yeah, I've been waiting. I got, yeah. There was a couple times that I wanted to fight and uh, I was sick and it's just been a mess of a year. So can't wait to get back in there and just fight. Where Where is it at? The Grand Villa Casino, Grand right? Villa Casino, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'll be good. So what kind of things in this year are you hoping to shake off entering the ring? What kind of what? How much? How was your medal tested? I think everyone's medal was tested this year. Specific things in your life. I don't know. I'm just ready to fight. You know, just ready like, to fight. I just wanna. I just wanna fight someone. I like fighting. I wish that you guys could get us eight ounce gloves to fight with, but I don't think. Do you it's have anything legal. else you'd like to add to that wish list while we're here? <laughs> You have great well, green mean, room requests, like yeah, green like, M&Ms. Yeah, so only yeah. the brown M&Ms. Yeah. No brown ones. Yeah. <laughs> All right, eight ounce gloves. Because yeah. why? Because you want to fight at fifty four. I don't think they let you. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's it. Otherwise, just throw me in there. Wicked, we got you. And what? So describe, describe for us your absolute epitome moment of success. You are at the peak of your career. Where do you live? What do you drive? Who are you married to? Who, who, people, maybe plural. Is he allowed to say you or not? No. I, I was his favorite athlete. Oh, right. Right. Oh, okay. um, what, is, yeah, what does your life look like? What would change for you? What would be your absolute image of success? Um, I 
I would be 35 world champion um, with all the money that comes with that. And yeah, uh, like I want to have a, I want to have a, like a house, probably like somewhere in Langley where I have like a big backyard, like a lot of space so I can dirt bike around and stuff like that, you know, and have a, have a family and maybe not too big of a family by 35, but you know. Maybe a couple of kids or something. Right on. What are you yeah. driving? Right now? Oh, Ben. In your, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a Nissan Leaf at that point or something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something well, like that. What yeah. are you driving now? Car. And uh, what would yeah. it be if you were the world champion 35 years old with your dream property in Langley? Wasn't expecting that, but yeah, I was like, yeah. I was thinking Miami Beach or something, but no, it's all I'm good. staying here. I'm not leaving. BC if, boy. I rep, if I rep the city, I'm staying here, you know? Yeah, bury him, bury him in the backyard. He ain't leaving. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay, great. You're on the topic. What are you driving right now? Uh, I drive a BMW. Wow. It's not like super nice, but. What year? Uh, 2012. Okay. What color? Black. Black? Just alerting X5. the police right now. Yeah. Uh, what would you drive if you're a world champion? Um, probably like, you know what I really want? Have you guys ever seen <laughs> those us. cars? Have That's you guys ever seen, uh, those monster, um, it's like a truck, like, what, what are they called? Like, a. No, those Baja, you know, they're sponsored by Monster. It's like these Baja 1000 or something like that. With trucks. like the little open net thing in the back and the whole, Yeah, wow. and they go flying. <laughs> That's what I want, man. They're like $400,000. I want one of those. What, what is it though? It's just like a converted like Raptor Bronco something. Like that's what it looks like. It's like it's, some, yeah, it's something it's like, they've converted. Yeah, it's like a Chevy or something that's like four hundred grand with crazy suspension. <laughs> <laughs> and they take them off of like roofs of like... It's crazy. There's I a want whole one of those. Theme I feel with, like your and Janice dreams are very different. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting a little Danny Garcia drip over here. I was like, he's going to be in a Bugatti. He's going to have fur coat. Yeah, that. that's all. But that's all stuff anyone <laughs> would say, you know? Like, I, well, I like yeah, yours, you know? man. Yeah, way more original. You know, too. like, it's like, yeah. that's like, obviously, if you have a ton of money, you're going to want to buy a Lambo and this and that. But like, something outside of that, I'm getting one of those. Wicked. You know? Wicked. Yeah. And then what, what's, what's your retirement job? Like, let's say, okay, you're world champion, you're 35, you're going to hang up the gloves for a bit, and you have this converted Chevy with the little net thing. Are you, what are you doing? Like, hey, you're doing if you saw it, you'd be into it. <laughs> no, right? I'm into yeah. it right now. Converted <laughs> Chevy with yeah. the net thing. Because <laughs> yeah. as soon as I say net thing, you know what you, you can are picture destroying it. You know, I'm looking dream. pretty white trash right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you got your tank top on, the yeah. hair is flowing in the front yeah. seat. What's your retirement Only gig? Only mustache. Yeah. yeah. Just a tash. Yeah. What's your retirement gig? Uh, I'd like to just like have my own gym that I could go to and like it's a big space and there's kids classes and professional fighters and wicked and you uh would you like to coach at one point maybe later I've tried it now and like I just don't like it you know mm. I just don't like coaching people and like teaching them I just don't like really teaching people that don't know how to box how to box you know if they already know and like they want some tips I'm down with that but like the job and the footwork and this and that it's like Man, I'm good. Yeah, that's a whole nother level of sacrifice, isn't it? It's like, yeah. but I think like, you know, for you to do what you want to do now, you've got to, you've got to live that dream fully. Like you, you have to be mm -hmm. the center of that. Like you, you can't reserve extra energy to be teaching people how to get into their stance and keep their elbows in. Like that's just not part of the pro path trajectory. No, I can't do it. You know, it's too, it's too boring. I don't think I'll ever really want to, unless it was like my son. Like, mm. I'd coach him from the ground up or, like, a nephew or niece or a good friend's 
What kind of kid. what kind of dad coach would you be? Would you be a hard ass or would yeah. you be yeah super hard ass? Yeah? yeah, like strike fear in the hearts of six year olds. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Excellent. Yeah. Do you like? You like footwork for an hour. Yeah. yeah. You enter the gym first. The kids like eighteen steps behind. The other kids are like, sir, yes, sir. Everyone, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Rat the hard ass Gibbons. Love it. Yeah. Right. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah. You too. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having. Uh, thank. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us in this episode. We cannot wait to watch you fight. I cannot wait to watch you fight again. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, we're we're all really looking forward to getting back with like a live audience. Yeah, that's going to be the most exciting part. Is that make you nervous at all? No, I like that. I, that like that's what's like the only thing that I didn't like about the last show. There was no one to watch. You right. know, like I love the, I feed off of the crowd. The more, the better. I like it. Wicked. Okay. Yeah. Well, we plan to stack the house and it's going to be a good time. So, nice. uh, make sure that, uh, you know, you follow Rhett's journey and, and empower boxing towards this next fight, July 16th. Thanks for coming to the show. It was super fun. It was yeah. nice getting to chat. You Thanks get to know me. you a bit more. And, uh, that was episode two of the empire boxing podcast. <laughs> <laughs>